racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Hunters, favourite time of week, green light on Premier Racing Time, the podcast where we chat about everything Greyhound Racing at the two metropolitan venues. This one we're focusing on is Sandown Park for Thursday, the 25th of August. If you want to know more about the great game of Greyhound Racing, head to grv.org.au or even better, follow them on the socials, download the Watchdog app. That is a must-have as I welcome in Jason Adams, my co-host, Jace. Uh, pretty fresh, I'd imagine you'd be, mate, after a, a big weekend, including a, a few cold ones there at the uh, the Greyhound of the Year on Friday night. It was good to see you up on the D floor, mate. You reminded me of me about 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah, maybe, Jim. It probably takes half a dozen to even think about getting up there, but after a few more, there I am. Certainly uh, having, a, having a nice old dance, mate, but it's uh, great to be back on. I thought last week's meeting was only fair, so I decided to... The digital last week, and no, of course that's not the case, but a good meeting this week. It's um, a bit deeper than last week, so uh, looking forward to getting stuck into it. Well, mate, you're bringing a bit of humour, so I like that straight off the top. And, and Aston Rupee obviously crowned the uh, the Victorian Greyhound of the Year. No real surprises there? No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, it's it was a two-dog race with him and Wow, she's fast in, in my eyes, so... Yeah, no surprise. I mean, his feature his feature resume is is what it is, but I think sometimes you can um, overlook how how significant it was that he broke the twenty nine seconds I think four times in a race and, and once in a, a trial and almost touch up the Meadows track record as well. So as good as the resume is, I think we've certainly got to highlight the the other performances that he put together. He's a dead set rocket and will no doubt go down as one of the fastest of all time. Run of the week. Well, run of the week, probably a little bit outside of the uh, the circle, thinking outside of the square. I think that's the saying, not the circle, but whatever it is, we'll go with that. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Donny Roach, you know, a small trainer from uh, from the country out in Gippsland there at Hayfield, has a small team, took a couple of greyhounds to Sandown Park. I, I don't think in his wildest dreams they were both decent prices. He would have thought he'd be getting maybe two winners. He might have thought he was going to get one, but to train a winning double was a, a wonderful effort. And here is uh, Wild Bob taking out race number seven to start off with. Happy on the inside, and Rana Rico needs to get into the clear. They turn Wild Bob on the outside, coming at them, Sir Chappie. Wild Bob! Wild Bob holds on and beats Sir Chappie. I know I didn't have you on the podcast last week, Jace, but uh, did you give old Wild Bob any any kind of chance at all in that race, race number seven last week? Well, you, you could have, but you couldn't have expected him to get out the way he did. I know they've got a internal uh, tipping competition and one young man, Lukey Corder, actually tipped him on top at a fair price. So... Um, he saw some merit, but terrific performance. He was faultless, wasn't he? Yeah, and then winner do Wendy. I'm not sure if you tuned into the great podcast when you weren't on it, Jace, because I know when you're on it, mate, you listen to it on repeat. But uh, winner do Wendy, I tipped her on top, and, and it was a credit to Donny Rhodes to have not just one winner but two and then carry the weight of me tipping it on top as well. And, and to do both of those races from box number six on a wet track, I, I thought it was tremendous. And here are the concluding stages of little win and do Wendy steamrolling them to victory. Look at win and do Wendy. Four in front. Renaco Bale starting to meet into the margin is coming strongly. Win and do Wendy's in front though. Win and do Wendy wins the last. Beats Renaco Bale and go back. So well done to Donny Rhodes. Nice effort from him training a, a double last week. There were a couple of other really good runs. Were you on track last Thursday? Thursday night, Jase? 
Yeah, I was. I was nice and wet, Jim, underneath yeah. the uh, precipitation coming down from the sky. I was going to say, mate, do you think that impacts the track at all with, with how much rain that, that we had last Thursday night? I noticed a few of the times were still very good despite, obviously, the fact that it, it was, I'm not going to say the, the P-I-S-S word, but it was teeming down, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely came down, uh, cats and dogs. It held up really well, to be honest. We were speaking about it on track. There was a few people that actually may mention how good it was It was holding up. Visually, it looked really wet, and that was natural because I think it was about four or five hours of, of rain that just didn't stop. But, yeah, from a time's point of view, clearly slower, but how much slower? I don't think there was a whole heap in it. I think you're, you're down, uh, going down the right path and saying probably two, three-tenths. Thursday's preview. Knowing that we can put two or three tenths on a few of those times that might help us when it comes to this segment, Thursday night's preview, Jace. Was there anything made on that uh, that split timing, section timing that you guys released that stood out from last Thursday night's meeting before we rip into this week? Uh, well, we, when you compare it to Sunday, there was uh, the Sunday times a bit quicker, especially mm. given the conditions, Dynamic Prince just cut loose and, and did his thing, so... I think there was one that come out of Thursday that was for the, the best of the week, the last section it could have been. I don't have yeah. to go back and double-check, mate. But if you head to that splits page, you can see who was the best of the night for each of the sections. It was a question without notice, and you absolutely nailed it, as you always do. Let's rip into this program for Thursday night, 25th of August. Uh, race 1 due at 6 past 6. I got excited last week, Jason. I actually said to everyone, enjoy the Nationals last weekend. And when I finished up the podcast, I had a look and thought, no, nah, it's, like it's like the footy. They have a week off before the Nationals. So it's, uh, it's this weekend, and race 1 is called the Nationals Wentworth Park this Saturday. I think they named that race just to help me out. I'm with Lady Dior here, number 2. I think drawn beautifully down near the inside. And, and generally, if you follow Ange Langdon and Jeff Britton in these 6 and 7 grade races in town, I reckon you could just about cut a profit. They get a lot of winners. Yeah, that they do, and good to see her begin so well last week. Not something she's been able to do consistently. I'll miss number three, Motive. I mean, sooner or later, Jimmy's going to get it right because they can clearly run. He was crunched early last week, so hoping for, for some sort of clear run because I think he's got plenty of ability. I'm going to need some help on race number two, mate. I've got this new little way of doing form that I'm marking it with a nice little bright colour on a, on a computer program, and I've marked no bright colours on race number two. I... I just found it a really, really hard race to try and sort out. Is there one, maybe even Bex Minnelli, who's now with the Giel camp that, that could improve, or is it is it a race we sit and watch? Well, we probably sit and watch if we're, if we're angling towards a selection. Yeah, Bex is he's back. He obviously had a stint in Adelaide. Prior to that, he was here in Victoria for some time. But I went with Waringa Bale from box one. I think uh, he's capable of 700 metres. There's been a few 600-metre performances where he's got home in uh, very strong style, and even when he's been midfield, the, the numbers stack up. So I think 700's up his alley. So I'm picking one out at Tim. I was following Warringah Bale a couple of starts ago, probably about three months ago, and then he, he was just a little mm. bit disappointing in a few runs, and I sort of jumped ship. But uh, last start did return to form, going 34-61 at the Meadows from box number one. And, yeah, look, on, on that performance, I, I guess he was strong there, so there's no reason why he can't run well. And if you just want to hear those concluding stages, Jace, this is how good I am on the buttons. Here he is winning on Saturday night. Time Berman. Next then came Dunwork and also Nicknack Miss. They turn for home. Flying Ocean the leader coming strongly. Waringa Bale on the outside and dashed up. Waringa Bale hit the front and came away to win it from Flying Ocean and third. Showtime. Main reason I did that, I wanted to see his run home time at the Meadows. He was about two lengths off the lead coming off the back, which would have him going 22-17 to a 34-63, which is roughly a 12-46 run home. 
Uh, normally not quick enough to run over 700, but uh, that's, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes. So I'll, I'll leave that race alone, but uh, we'll be cheering for Ringer Bale to pinch a break. What about race number three, mate? Who wins here? Well, I'll also be more confused in this one than the, the last one. I went with Alfie Moon in the end, and geez, he's turned around his racing, hasn't he? Because for a while there, he was a poor beginner who was making a, a great fizz of it mid-race and late. Now he's past two runs. He's began really well and, and hasn't been able to finish off as well as what he did prior to that. So I think if he can hold a spot from the inside, it's it's certainly a field that's not as deep as his run two runs ago in that state distance final. Uh, comparable to last week, but I think he can put himself in a, a really good spot. How do you say it? Oh, mate, I've been waiting 15 years for Radek Bell to run over 700 metres, so I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely pumped up. And I, I did the uh, I like to have a look at the, the run home times and analyse what they run home over the 600 to see if they will actually run out 700 metres. Now, Warringah Bell roughly a 12, what was I saying, 12.40 run home thereabouts at the mm. Meadows based on what we just saw a moment ago or listened to. And with uh, with Radek Bell, he was lengths and lengths quicker than Warringah Bell in the run home. So my theory would be if Warringah Bale does anything in race number two, gamble responsibly, but I'd be definitely playing Radek Bale on the each way. I think the small field's going to suit him. Let the outside brigade go, and oh, I've just been waiting so long to see him over 700, but he yeah. does beat a good field. Are you nervous, Jim, about... Um, he's obviously racing over to 715 metres. He could cover about 740, I think, given his racing pattern. Yeah, no. It's definitely, the further he goes, the wider <laughs> he goes. So, no, you, you are spot on, but he's a big player. Race four, yep. I like number three, Modern Kalinda. The win had to be seen to be believed last week. Was never on the track. Ploughing rain and just found a way to find the line. Yeah, I just thought she's not stepping well enough to... Especially these bend starts, to really go bang. So I went with number four, Juki Devil. I thought he's been really good since... Stepping up to 600 metres, and I had a quick chat to his trainer, Glenn Dayton, a couple of weeks ago. He said he hasn't been to the track yet, but he's not concerned. He's just one of those dogs that just turns up and goes, so uh, I'll be with him. Trial form on Aston Suzette is enormous. Apparently, she's a real rocket, so I'm going to tip her to win race number five. And she was good last time behind Stout Manelli. Meets her a much easier lineup. fair to say, here. Yeah, this is my race, Jim, with no bright text as mm. part of this one. I, I ended up settling on Luna Star. I, I can't put a lot of reason behind that, but just thought the Inside draw was a benefit for her. I like do it in race six. I just think he's going to get a nice suck run. He's drawn well. If he's at the right place at the right time, he can win. Deadly class for me, number two, to sort of, if he can step like he stepped at Warrigal, um, he can clearly go. So over six, over 500, to say, in the Meadows, early part of his career, and who knows what he can do here. There's no reason why Dynamic Prince can't win. He was uh, lighting up the splits, as you say, on Sunday, mate. Uh, he, he looks the winner of race number seven. Yeah, he does. I just think he's going to come up short as. So I was happy to, to roll the dice a bit. Number three, too sassy, I think. Might be able to get the step early and rely on Prince making a, a bit of a, uh, a step to the outside from there. Race eight, I'm going to go with El Dorado. I just think he's a, a high-speed, talented chaser. He's going to need a bit of luck from the draw, but he's all class. Number two, my Neo for me. Just love the draw. Mm. Last time he had box two here at Sandown, it was terrific. So um, I think he can go well. Race nine, I'm with number one here. I think gets the, the good draw, Alfie Alligator. Gets the right race, can go through. I'd say we'll be able to push through and lead. Kosamui's going to show a bit of toe early, but I like the red on the each way here. Yeah, it's been a few circumstances where he's, he's, had a, he's been in a similar position. This hasn't been able mm. to convert. So I'm a big fan of Set Me Free. I, I really like her and... 
Hopefully she can get clear really because she can go. Look, a bit like a footballer, 30 metres out, can't kick a goal. Uh, <laughs> that's probably Alfie. Alfie but that's one from the boundary. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, a bit like we've heard about in the in the last few days in the footy world. Last three races, mate, here comes Pi. I'm going to go race 10, race 11. I'm with Triumph and the last I'm with Ava Blazer. Your last three, mate, three winners would be nice. Num- number one, here comes Pi in race 10. Number eight, Rockabye Bear in race 11. And then number three, Ava Blazer in the last. Hunters Punting Club. Still leading, still going well, racing Jason Adams. You're going to kick off the Punters Punting Club for another week. I'll, I'll give you the grand tally probably in about a week's time, mate, when me and Smithy catch up. What's what's the Punters Punters Club doing this week? All right, we're cutting it in half. So $25, race four, number four, Dookie Devil. We're then going the remaining 25, race eight, number two, my Neos. That's the way I'm tackling that. Are you just being cautious because you're so far ahead or...? Well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to throw it all nah. on uh, a $9 chance like Radek Bale and salute it again? Well, mate, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to go each way, though. I'm going to play cautiously. 25 each way, Radek Bale. I've just been waiting so long for him to get up over this distance, and I, th- I think that'll be a, a winning manoeuvre. I will say the last few weeks, I've tossed up between two greyhounds for the punting punters club. Like Boom Lateral, I was keen on last week, and I've just gone the wrong way. Uh, time after time, so hopefully not this week, Jace. But uh, good tipping. You're the leader of the punters punning club, mate. You're tipping winners are plenty, so we appreciate you coming on once again. And good luck at Sandown. Hopefully the sun will be out on Thursday night, if that's possible. Yeah, fingers crossed, Jim. And you're looking forward to the the uh, episode targeting the Meadows on Saturday night too. I'd say if you're a Carlton supporter, just don't tune in knowing uh, what you and Smithy are like. <laughs> Sounds good, mate. We'll chat to you soon. Cheers, mate. Inside Info. the great man Danny Psycho in the wrestling ring. I don't want to give uh, too much away, but I think that did. We've got Danny Gibbons on the podcast, but before I go any further, I just wanted to make mention of uh, of where I got that audio from. I know copyright's big these days, Melbourne City Wrestling, so a big thanks to the team for that audio as I welcome in Danny Gibbons, mate. Must be uh, like rewinding the clock when, when we hear some audio about you in the uh, the wrestling ring. What was it like? Yeah, it does. It seems like a long time ago. I, I must say, I watched a little bit of The Vision. I tell you what, I've been a little bit intimidated when I've been interviewing you because I, I've seen some of this Vision and, and you off the top shelf, mate. Pretty pretty dangerous stuff. Yeah, I can't do none of that anymore. I'm wrecked now. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a fragile old man. Well, that's, that's a good thing. It's now time for me to take you on. But uh, is that the right definition, I guess you'd say, off the top shelf? or Off know, the top rope, mate. Off the top rope. There you go. Yeah, well, that's what, it. What, how much training goes into that? I, I have heard a little bit about wrestling and, and the amount of work that goes into to being able to do what you can do in front of a crowd. Um, yeah, a lot of training, a lot of years of practice. A, a lot of it I kind of just could do naturally from when I was younger, but Learning how to fall properly on the canvas and that, that, that takes time. Well, mate, uh, I'm glad you, you're not doing that anymore because, as I said, I'd hate to be interviewing you and you, you come flying off the top rope like that. Let's rip into greyhound racing. You've, you've transferred from being Danny Psycho, the wrestler, all the way to, uh, to Danny, the fragile old man greyhound trainer. Can you tell us uh, how that all took place? Um, it was my wife back, really. We, we moved overseas for a, a while. Um, I took a job over there in a tattoo shop and then we decided to come back home and when we got back home she needed a job and 
Um, my cousin, Sam Grenfell, offered a bit of a part-time work and that, just working with them. And I bought um, Becca Dog as like a present and she won a few races and it kind of got both of us hooked. Could you ever have believed how quick you were going to have good success? I know I spoke to you on the weekend after you, you won the Arrow Series at Hillsville and, and then the, the straight track championship as well a, a couple of weeks ago, the Victorian final. Can you can you believe? I, I guess I was surprised that it was only your first sash that you won a couple of weeks ago because you've had so much success in the last 12 months and, and been in so many big races, not just here in Victoria either. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We were kind of... Uh, thrown straight in the deep end and we already had a bit of stigma on us just because of the family that I come from and everything that they've succeeded in. So um, it's, yeah, it, it's crazy how quick it's all gone, but yeah, I don't know. What about these runners on Thursday night? Because this podcast is all about finding the punters a winner and you've got a, a few in. We're going to start with race eight. You've got Cashton Bale in the better half's name. Drawn box number one. Winner of eight races from 43. Just a consistent old dog. He was placed at Geelong a couple of starts ago and when I went through his form, mate, it seems that he does his best work from inside boxes. Yeah, I think he's a good chance from box one. He's he, he is hit or miss early. Um, he's kind of got a flat spot through the middle of the races as well, so... If he if he can jump all right from box one and kind of stay with him mid-race, he'll be pretty strong in the run home. Graham with big wraps on her drawn box eight. McKeon Bale, uh, you're obviously thinking that the box draw is going to make it hard for her, but she is a speed machine when she gets it all right. Um, yeah, she is, but unfortunately she's had shock and box draw lately, just being drawn on the outside every time she goes to the Meadows or Sandown, and she's just losing more and more confidence every start, mm. so... Um, I'd love to see her get an inside box at Sandown or Meadows soon to try and boost her confidence a bit. Yeah, there we go. There's some inside info for the punters. If we see McKeon Bale in a in a fifth grade, maybe drawing the red, we can just uh, just jump on because she she can definitely run. Hey, what about race nine? This is name of the race is the Green Light on podcast, which is the great podcast that you've ventured onto here, Danny Boy. Uh, Throssell Bale raked a ten dollar uh, shot in the form guide. Drawn box number two. It's been racing pretty consistently, and you ran into a good one at Warrigal, uh, Mr. Audacious, and the fact that he was in the St. Ledger heats tells me this dog's going pretty well. Um, I actually rate him pretty highly. He's just he, he tends to get himself into a bit of strife, and he's not not all that smart at the moment, but I reckon once he puts it together a bit, I reckon he could be one to watch. Kelsey Bale, race number six. I've left her to last. She's one of your favourites. She is my favourite. Is your favourite. Qualifies. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to say I've got favourites, but <laughs> it's hard to say she's not. Hey, they all say we've got favourite kids. It's the same in the kennel. I've, I've only got one favourite son because it's the only one, so I can get away with that at the moment. But race six, number six, uh, she's qualified to go to the next round of the Million Dollar Chase Series. Uh, how do you see her chances? Tough field, but she is all class, and she's been racing at the top end for some time. Yeah, she's another one again that just she she just needs a bit of room and her mid race pace I think is crazy. So if she can get room and yeah get a get a bit of gap mid mid race, she should win. I reckon hasn't drawn many good boxes either of late, mate. Uh, what's been going on there? No, I hate complaining about box draws. <laughs> it's all random, but yeah. She, she gets a bit stiff. <laughs> well, mate, hopefully we can get some reds happening in, in the next few weeks because a few of these dogs, if they do draw inside, they're as quick as any in the country. Is there one race you'd love to win as I let you go moving forward? Um, I'd love to win the Silver Chief just because yeah. I like the look of the trophy. And what about the National Straight Track Championship? Two runners, Quinlan Bailey's flying at the moment. You've got Nicholson Bale as well. That's Saturday morning in Sydney. You'll be hammering up the Hume Highway, no doubt. 
which of the two is the kennel's best chance? So I'd be suggesting Quinlan Bale. Oh, obviously, I'd say Quinlan Bale, but I, I think if Nicholson can get a nice, decent run, he, he's a big chance as well. They're as good as each other. Hey, mate, just as I let you go, who was it who uh, encouraged you to run that dog in the arrow, Quinlan Bale? Um, I'm going to keep that a secret from you. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, mate. I needed that from you. Hey, I'll let you run. Uh, good luck with not only Thursday, but obviously the, the national final on Saturday for the straight track as well, mate. We'll be cheering for you. Take it easy. See you, mate. Once again, a massive podcast, and that puts the line through episode number 60. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been good fun recording. So until next time, punters, plenty of winners, safe travelling, and as always, happy punting.